When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Hi, right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. You can also hear it over the air. That's right, on the radio, the bet in Las Vegas on Sundays. Thanks to our audience for joining us there. Also to our YouTube audience. Subscribe, hit the notifications button. Thanks for being with us and for participating in the chat. We're here to talk about Las Vegas Raiders football. If I say we, that's not just me, of course, that is myself and my broadcast partner, one Mr. Mo Moten. He is a national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at L-V Gully. He's the national reporter, as I said, covers the entire league for Bleacher Report. We, we, as we record the show, he just got off turning in a column, a piece, I should say, on deadline. He's been working hard, and so we're here to work him hard again on the show. Mo, uh, it's a busy time as we get up to the NFL draft. No rest for the weary at all. Uh, <laughs> like you said, it just, it just turned into column. Uh, I, it's funny because I'm, as many people know, I'm in the New York area, and the big deal out here is Saquon Barkley not signing his franchise tag tender. So Saquon Barkley was looked at as somebody who was going to be, you know, kind of like the face of that franchise. While Daniel Jones is coming in, and now they have a contract stand up very similar to what the Raiders have with Josh Jacobs, although Josh Jacobs is not threatening to not sign the tender. Uh, Vincent Bonsignor, the Las Vegas Review Journal, did say that there was no movement on his negotiations with the Raiders lately. So, top running backs not not feeling respected as of late. Austin Eckler was granted permission to seek a trade a week ago. So, the running back market is what it is. A lot of guys miscalculated their market worth. I'm not saying Josh Jacobs did that, but guys like Saquon Barkley did because he turned down multiple offers before the Giants pulled their offers off the table and gave him the franchise tag. So just just saying with the running back position, if you're looking to get paid, probably not going to happen this offseason. A lot of teams are going to be looking toward the draft. That's the way the league is right now with running backs. Hey, I'm not Mm -hmm. taking anything away from those two guys. They're both incredibly talented young men. But that's the market, and the market's going to dictate what happens. And and to your point, that's what happened with Barkley in New York, and we'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. Mo, the other thing is, you know, the last couple of weeks, we heard a couple media reports. 
and and I'm not here to tell you that they weren't true or because reporters report the information they get. I don't fault guys for doing things, but but we had a report uh, in the Athletic and, a, and actually a couple other publications saying, hey, the Raiders are not going to consider Jalen Carter. He's off their draft board, so to speak. But guess what? On Wednesday, Jalen Carter was in Las Vegas working out for the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, it goes to show you this time of the year, you said at the last show we had, which was you got to take everything with a grain of salt and teams are going to do due diligence. Not only that, but Jalen Carter, no matter what's happened with the legal issue, no, no matter what's, what's happened with the physical issues and being overweight at his pro day, Jalen Carter's a talented kid um, as far as his physical abilities go. And we saw what he did at the University of Georgia. So the Raiders have to do their due diligence that they have to look at the kid because you know, when you get those interviews, you talked about it before. Those interviews are so important. Him in Las Vegas, now the Raiders get to get some quality time with the kid. Yeah, the workout is fine to see what kind of shape he's in and what he's doing and how healthy he is. But it's the interview, in my view, that the Raiders hosted him in Las Vegas. That was the point of it. Absolutely. And I, like, like I said before, I believe I said this previously when the rumors came out about maybe the Raiders took off, took Jalen Carr off their draft board. I felt it was just too early to completely dismiss him without yeah. having a one-on-one conversation with him because then you get inside the guy's head and figure out, you know, what was he thinking going to his pro day? Why was he a little overweight? What went on between his legal issues and his disappointing pro day? And you get to kind of get to know the person more than just the player because, remember, when you're drafting a, a player, especially in the top ten, you want that guy to be a model player in your locker room, on the field and off the field. So I think a lot of this, as you said, is due diligence. It's not to say the Rays will draft him if he's available at seven. I actually think that he's going to go top five. I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are going to pass on him. I don't yeah. think the Detroit Lions would pass on him. But that's just my opinion. But it, it, there was a report, I believe, two weeks ago that said, that oh, I think it was Ian Rappaport said that, Jalen Carter isn't taking any visits with teams that pick outside the top 10. So his age in your Rosenhaus is pretty confident that he's going to go high in a draft. And again, I think he will. I'm not sure if the Raiders will draft him, but it's good that, and it's prudent that they do their due diligence. Yeah. It, it, and, and again, I know, I know you, you feel that the Raiders uh, might not draft him because of those issues and because of what's happened uh, with the franchise over the past couple years. But I think a really good interview, if they get to know the young man and they feel really solid about it, then I think the chances are there. But 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 I agree with you. I don't think he's going to go uh, past the top ten. But you never know. There's always that one guy that drops. Now he's got he's got reason to based on kind of uh, what's been out there, whether it's fair or not on a lot of it. And and but every draft doesn't there seem to be a first rounder that falls. I mean, remember. When uh, when we had um, uh, just a couple years ago, um, the receiver in Seattle, whose name I'm forgetting now. Holy moly. DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. So you see what happens with age, my friend. So DK, Yeah. DK Metcalf. Remember, he kept falling, falling, falling. Bottom of the first round. The Raiders had a chance to get him and he went and ended up going in the top of the second round of Seattle. So so you just never know. Uh, but but I like the fact that that the Raiders are visiting with him because um it just, you know, again, you also have to play poker. You have to make other teams also believe that there's a possibility you could take them. But but one thing I'll say is, like you said, I don't think anything is set in stone as of right now. So if Jalen yes. Carter goes in there and he blows the Raiders away with his interview, they may change their mind about him. Maybe they originally did have him off their draft board and he changed their mind. 
people change their mind all the time, right? Like you're allowed <laughs> to do that. So, uh, and the other thing, I, I, I'll give you even more recent situation. Malik Willis. A lot of people thought Malik Willis was going to go in the first round. He had an impressive showing at um, over the offseason coming coming into the workouts. People thought Malik Willis is going to be quarterback one because it was a very underwhelming quarterback class last year with Kenny Pickett being the first guy off the board. But a lot of people had Malik Willis going in the first round. Turns out he went in the third round. So as many times as you're going to hear over the next two weeks, this guy is going to be available here. This guy is going to be available there. No one really knows because a lot of the stuff that we speculate about with these mock drafts, these projections, it's all media driven. How many people are actually talking to these GMs and the GMs are actually telling them what their draft plans are? That's just not happening. So a lot of times a player you think is going to go high or low, it may be the complete opposite because teams, GMs and scouts have a different opinion on a prospect. Right. I think some of the NFL insiders, especially those that work for the league, i.e. the NFL media, NFL channel a network nfl.com they tend to be i think a little more accurate it used to be the old days it was beat writers and i'm not criticizing beat writers the things have just changed the nfl is now its own largest media company so of course they control the flow of information including leaks uh and so you know it's hard to keep track of all of that uh but but clearly bringing him in for a visit smart thing to do the other thing i want to talk about because i know you've been mixing it up you wrote a piece on bleacher report um, a lot of Raider fans uh, want the Raiders to take a run at Devin White. Yay or nay on Devin White? Talk about your column. Talk a little bit about what you see with the player. Would he be a good fit? I, I know your answer because I followed it, and we've actually talked about it, and, and it's economic. But tell a little bit uh, to the audience out there about Devin White. If there's Raider Nation out there who really wants to pursue him, why or why not? There are two sides to this. Number one, as a player, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this slow because I want people to hear me on this because people are going to automatically say, no, you're, you're wrong Mo, on this. And I, there's no right or wrong here. It's just all opinion. <laughs> Number one, I'll say Devin White is obviously an upgrade over what the Raiders have now at linebacker because the Raiders don't have much at linebacker right now. Correct. Uh, Robert Spillane is probably their best linebacker. Devon Diablo, a lot of people say, he may be their best linebacker, but didn't really show much last year under Patrick Graham. So Robert Spillane, Divine Diablo, either whoever you say is their best linebacker isn't good enough. Robert Spillane struggles in coverage tremendously. He's more of a downhill linebacker, two-down mm -hmm. guy in my opinion. And Divine Diablo has some flashes as a rookie that he could be a, a three-down defender, but again, didn't show that last year. So Devin White coming in there would be an upgrade over what the Raiders have right now. But... But it's not always about plugging in a player and saying this player is better than that player, and that's why we should go after him. This isn't Madden. This isn't this isn't the video <laughs> game franchise. There's money. There's cap space. There's market value involved here, and that's why I push back on people who say the Raiders should go after Devin White because if you read the reports, the reason why these trade rumors are coming out about Devin White is because he potentially wants a new deal, and yeah. what that means is as a Pro Bowl player. He's got a horrible year on his resume. He has a Super Bowl title on his resume. He has a nine-sack season. He's probably going to want to reset the market or come close to that. So that means you're paying Devin White at least $15 million, and it could be more than that. And what I'm saying is Devin White, while he is a Pro Bowl player, you mm -hmm. cannot look at just the box score stats on him and say, okay, he's a Pro Bowl player, great addition. 
If you watch the film, if you watched some Tampa Bay Buccaneers games, you realize he has some holes in coverage. He's not yes. a good coverage defender at all. Mm-hmm. Two of his last three years, I believe he's allowed a 121.9 passer rating in, in coverage. Yeah. So he he's a lot, he could be a liability on third downs on passing downs. So my stance is I don't want to play, I don't want to pay an off-ball linebacker, though he can help you with the pass rush. I don't want to pay a linebacker. 15 million or more and he's not a complete guy that i can i can rely on on third downs on passing downs in the division with patrick mahomes and justin herbert i'm just not going to do that the raiders need a coverage guy in the middle of the field yeah Uh, hello travis kelsey bullies the raiders almost every year (laughs) devin white is not devin white is not going to help you with travis kelsey no and i think not Mo, I think this is a case, too, of, uh, you know, going back, if you remember that draft, right, if you remember when Devin White came out, he was a guy Raider fans really were excited about, and they wanted they wanted the Raiders to draft him because even back then, I mean, the, the, the linebacking hole has been massive and it's been forever. And so they remember the Devin White coming out of college, and to your point, not good in coverage. You can you you you're better off waiting. You get you get stop gaps. You find out who's available. You draft some young players and hope that they come along. Uh, to me, yeah. Instead of spending fifteen million dollars on a guy who's only going to be able to be one dimensional for you, makes zero sense. The name is out there. I fans love to glom onto names, especially when their defense is bad because they think, oh, here's a guy we know him from college, all that stuff. So so to me, that's where. And I'm not going to speak for everybody. People can comment on the video and they can comment when they listen to the show. But I think that's where that's coming from. It is. And a lot, of, and like you said, you mentioned it. A lot of people wanted the Raiders to draft Devin White over Cleveland Farrell yeah. in, that, in that 2019 class. And so I get it. So it's, it's kind of like we didn't get him then. We could get him now. <laughs> but the problem with that is he's going to cost you a lot more than he's worth right now because, again, he wants a new deal. I'm not resetting the market for a linebacker who's not a complete defender on all three downs. It's just not going to happen. You pay that money to guys like Fred Warner, Bobby yes. Wagner in his prime, right. uh, Shaquille, Shaquille Leonard when he's healthy of the Colts. Guys like that, Roquan Smith, who got five okay. years, $100 million from the, from the Ravens. Guys okay. like that, who you can put on the field all of your downs, and you don't have to worry about them being a liability. Guys like that, those are the guys you're going to pay top down to it at off linebacker position by the way which is a position that's a non-premium position now again yeah. i won't say that devin white is one dimension in the sense that he can only defend and run because he can give you something in the pass rush at the raiders are mm-hmm. i believe were 12th in in blitz rate last year so in that case devin white is a fit with the raiders defense because patrick graham has shown a tendency to blitz more I, and, that cost and, and again right he's a fit for the raiders defense for what <laughs> he does but it's the cost is what I'm pushing yeah. back on. If he exactly. didn't want, if he didn't want a new deal, if Devin White w- didn't want a new deal and he was just unhappy in Tampa Bay, sure, go ahead, trade for yeah. Devin White. You know, give right. up a third round pick, whatever it costs to get him. But with the new deal, with his demand for a new contract, and he's <clears> not a reliable coverage defender in the middle of the field, I'm not doing it. And the way the Raiders have gone about their offseason, I don't think. Dave Ziegler is interested because if you see what the Raiders are doing, they piled up draft picks. They how did. many players did they? How many big Rookie splashy, contracts, baby? How many big splashy free agent signings did the Raiders make this offseason? Yeah. Now, if this yeah. was last offseason, I would say it could be a possibility the Raiders may go after Devin White. But the way the Raiders have done business this offseason, they're not interested in paying 
top dollar guys new contracts. No. That's just no. not that's just not the mode of what they're operating in this year. No, we keep saying it here on the show. You keep saying it in your columns and and your people pieces and and people and people don't, people don't want to hear they get the oh, name 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 squirrel squirrel squirrel. And so so I get it. But uh yeah, I agree with you. It's not going to happen. All right. That closes out segment number 1. When we return from the break, we're going to roll on talking about Raiders football. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you don't already do it. We appreciate you guys being with us. It's Mo, it's Scott. It is silver and black today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. Silver and Black today rolls on here, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. You can subscribe wherever you get your audio. Make sure you turn on the auto download. That helps us significantly. Thank you for that. Also, you're listening to us on the radio. That's right, on The Bet in Las Vegas, an audio radio, Odyssey radio station. I will get the words out correctly, I promise. Uh, so thanks for being with us there. Also, a, a hearty hello to our YouTube audience he is Mo Moten, national NFL writer at Bleacher Report. I'm Scott Branson, and we are talking Raiders football. Okay, Mo, we talked over the last couple weeks about Raider fans. In fact, last week we talked about Raider fans not being very excited about the draft. Well, not only that, but there's some that are skeptical about the season coming up for obvious reasons because the Raiders have had a change at quarterback. They've turned over the roster. They traded away Darren Waller. They still may trade uh, Hunter Renfro, which we talked about last time. The Raiders in Las Vegas right now are at an over-under win total of seven and a half, right? Last year was eight, so they've gone down a half game, which I don't think is that bad considering what they've changed. But Vegas is not giving the hometown team very much love. When you look at the Raiders going into the season, we're still early. Now, this is a gambling number that can change over time. But this is pre-draft. There still could be some other signings. But I'm not surprised by it. I think if you look at it, we, we've we talked about seven, eight, if they're lucky, nine wins uh, when you're in this kind of rebuild mode that they're in. Uh, what's your take on that seven and a half win total? I would say it's about right. I mean, if you look at any media outlet, no media outlet is giving credit for what the Raiders have done during phrase In fact, a lot of media outlets, I believe it was – Pro football focus, not a huge pro football focus guy as far as I have my own opinions anyway, but they basically said the Raiders didn't improve at any position. It was either <laughs> pro football focus or the athletic. One of those were assessing the Raiders offseason. It's like, what are the Raiders doing? They haven't improved at any position. And like I said, the one position that I'll, I'll give the Raiders, and you pointed it out, was the wide receiver spot. Jacoby Myers, yep. Yep. assuming they don't trade Hunter Renfro, uh, that's a plus. That's a net plus for them. And I think and, and I know this is going to stir up trouble in the chat and people who hear me say this, but assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is a fit for Josh McDaniel's system, he's a better fit than Derek Carr. I'm not mm -hmm. saying he's a better quarterback than Derek Carr. I'm saying better fit for the system should get better results. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. Uh, but it also goes to speak to, again, when you have a team – uh, I think Yahoo Sports on Wednesday also had a podcast and a story uh, talking about how the Raiders – 
Uh, they talked about the Seahawks and the Raiders going in opposite directions, and they were not favorable on the Raiders' direction. They were more favorable on the Seahawks, which is a little bit of, of a weak take because, look, the Seahawks have so many draft picks over the next couple of years, uh, and they, they worked out pretty good last year. Uh, the changes they made, and, of course, Geno Smith, a lot of that depends on Geno Smith. Everybody's going to assume that Geno Smith had that great year last year, and he'll repeat it this year. Uh, we'll have to see if that takes hold. But that kind of, I, I know Raider fans will say this, Mo. They will say, listen, they always count us out. They always hate us. We're always the underdog. So who cares? Um, but I am curious because there are t- there are other teams I thought have gone significantly backward, more so than the Raiders, uh, and they don't seem to be getting it. But the Raiders and Las Vegas, Josh McDaniels, who's not popular amongst the media members out there who've covered uh, the NFL, especially on the East Coast. Um, this team is just going to be in a position of, hey, prove every you know, prove it, prove that your program is working, prove that you know how to draft players, prove that you can upgrade the roster, prove that you made right decisions on Carr and Garoppolo, and then we'll give you some 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 good coverage. Yeah, I think part of it too is. You know, the, I don't want to say the Raiders are a punching bag, but when you have Josh McDaniels and we all know the history of Bill Belichick assistants, that's been a talking point this offseason about, yep. you know, you get rid of Derek Carr, you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you don't make any splashes in free agency, you have a coach who has a sub-500 record as a head coach, mm-hmm. you, have a, you have a relatively, I'm going to say new GM, this is Dave Ziegler's now second year as a Raiders GM, he had a year at the Patriots where he was you know, pulling the levers there, but still a re- relatively new face there. So there's some unknown, there's some, un- there's some unproven, and there's some a lot to prove when it comes to the Raiders' front office, head coaching ranks, and their roster. So the of roster. course they're gonna they're gonna get a lot of a lot of the the criticism. But I mean, if off the top of my head, I'll tell you that I, I feel like that the Titans are gonna take a step, a large step back. Uh-huh. They have a new GM. The Buccaneers obviously going to take a step back without Tom Brady. I don't believe the Ravens are going to be as good because, to me, I have a theory that teams that have issues in the offseason don't usually do well. The Cardinals are going to take a big step back. But let's be honest, it, when it comes to talking points, who's talking about the Cardinals? Who's talking about the <laughs> Tennessee Titans? You know, so if they're talking about you, you have some significance. You know, so and especially in our business, what do they always yeah. say? If, if no one has an opinion about you, you're not doing enough. Not to say you right. have to be a shock jock, but no one's talking about you, then you don't matter. Yeah, and and I still I still think even people who hate the Raiders, okay, they Are want the, hate the Raiders. Just a few. They want the Raiders to be good because it's no fun hating a bad team, right? No. It's no, even if, if you are a, a Charger fan, a Chiefs fan, a Broncos fan, that AFC West, you know, knockdown, drag out, hate that those fans as far as the football goes, have for each other. You don't want the Raiders to, it's no fun. Like it, you, you, when you're, when you're bad for 20 years, basically, except for two playoff appearances, nobody, nobody feels good about like even making fun of you. It's too easy, right? You want the team. That's why everybody loves to hate the Yankees. Now the Yankees had a bad stretch during the eighties, but I'll tell you that the, when the Yankees are good, it's good for baseball because people hate them. And so they'll go to the ballpark when the Yankees are in town, even if their team is not great, because they want to root against them. Uh, and I think that's the case with the Raiders, too. I really think that the Raiders are good for football, and the Raiders being good is good for football, whether you hate them or love them. The other thing is, the other component here is, I think a lot of 
people, I should say pundits and analysts expected the Raiders to be good last year. Yeah. So when the Raiders flopped, they it drew more attention because it wasn't like the Raiders were expected to be a four win team. You know, they brought in they had a they had a very headliner of an offseason bringing in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. So people go, okay, you know, the Raiders should be competitive, at least in that division. And when they weren't, they completely flopped. Then you're going to get the criticism because people expected you to be better. Yeah. Yeah. No, people bought in. I mean, Rich Eisen is a great example, right? Rich Eisen was going on talking about how great the Raiders were going to be. <laughs> yes, he and did. then how many times does he have to come? He's like, oh, they did it to me again. Oh, what is going on out there? I what remember. Are they doing? I mean, he really was on board. He was like, they're going to compete for the AFC West. We thought uh, they were going to be a playoff team. Sure. And of course, everybody was fooled and thought the AFC West was going to be, you know, the the greatest division in football in the last 10 years. Uh, and it, it pretty much flopped except for the Chiefs. So, so they, well, the Chargers made the playoffs, but still it wasn't what everyone thought it would be. They underachieved. And then they, <laughs> they, they, they blew the third biggest playoff lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. I won money on that game because I bet it at halftime against the Chargers because I, I just had a feeling. Having growing up watching that and dealing with that pain, I knew. I just knew they would blow the game. So anyway, but that's it. But the thing that I, I, this leads into the second part of our discussion here, which is we got, and I'm looking at my phone here too, the folks uh, over at OLBG, and I don't know what this is. This is like a, 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 a gambling site in the UK, um, but they are not the UK, in the United States. They have a ranking of the top popular franchises in the NFL. Now, we've gone through lists like this before, too, uh, with fans and stuff like that. But the Raiders are in the top 10. Remember, the Raiders, two playoff appearances, right, in 20, 20 years, 21 years. And they are still in the top 10. Uh, the top 10, Dallas, New England, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Green Bay, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Denver, Chicago. Another bad team in the in the top 10 as well. But the Raiders there, again, they are still a brand. It's remarkable how the brand has persevered through so many down years of bad football. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you why. I got to give a credit to the folks in Raider Nation. It's them. It's that community. It's that culture that keeps the brand going because they buy the tickets. They buy the merchandise. Boy, do they buy merchandise and jerseys. It blows my mind every time I see somebody who's got like 50 jerseys on their bed for the season and they're getting ready. But I think that's the, that's the answer, right? It's also the history, of course, but it's the fans that keep them relevant. It's the fans that keep them relevant. It's, it's, it's the history. And if you look at the Raiders' history, they've traveled. You know, yeah. Los Angeles, Oakland, now Vegas. So they have they've been in different, you know, cities. So they're gonna they're gonna have some widespread. Now, don't get me wrong, there are Raider fans everywhere. Shout out to Rossi down under. Like <laughs> it, it goes far. So yep. you know, it 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 goes to show that even with all the as you said, even with all the losing, Raider fans aren't going anywhere, which which is why it hurts my heart when I hear fans say you know, after this whole Derek Carr thing and going Jimmy Garoppolo, I, 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 I don't have any need to root for the Raiders this season. Yeah. And and while I can't promise you that it's going to get better with the changes that have been made, sometimes new is good. New, And yeah. I know that's uh, human nature is to reject the unknown. Oh, yeah. I don't want to change. I don't want to, you know, this is new. I don't know how this is going to work out. And again, I'm not saying it's going to, but what I'm saying is it, it was kind of overdue at this point. 
Uh, I'm not going to get into the Derek Carr discussion, but he had he had time. I'm not saying the Rays were perfect during his tenure, but at some point when something is not working and you have zero playoff wins during a person's tenure and two appearances, you're going to make changes. And you would hope that the change the changes for the better. Now, we'll say for people out there pessimistic about Jimmy G, let's mm-hmm. be honest, he's not the long-term answer there. So the Rays no. are going to eventually draft a, a young quarterback or get a young quarterback in there to succeed Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's – it's going to be interesting, and I, and I think you're right. I think that was a lot of what happened, and it's not against Derek Carr. I think people just wanted something. They'd seen the same show over and over again. It's like having a turkey sandwich every day at lunch. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a turkey sandwich, at least in my view. Uh, great stuff, but when you have it all those days in a row and things don't seem to get better for whatever reason, you just need to switch. You need to change, and so we'll see if that change works out. Like To your, to your point, it's not a long-term solution, but certainly – in the short term, it could add some uh, some new wrinkles, uh, especially with his knowledge of the system. Okay, we're going to take our final break. When we come back here on Silver and Black Today in Odyssey Original Podcast, we are going to get to your mail. Yep, we got a couple messages. We take one off Twitter that, that Mo tagged. We're going to get to that one as well as some other questions, uh, which we like to do here. So uh, we will come back right after this message. You're with Scott and Mo. This is Silver and Black today. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. It is the home stretch here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Hearty hello to our listeners on the radio in Las Vegas, Nevada. That, of course, is the bet. Thank you for being with us there, as well as our audience on YouTube watching these mugs talk about football yes raiders football now we get to your questions a favorite part of our week we don't get as much mail though it's starting to pick up now with the draft but we always get mail we always get messages mo and um coming up to the draft i am surprised are you surprised i'm surprised that we haven't had as many people with questions either emailed to us or our interactions on twitter about the draft, like people asking about players. I know they've asked you come a, a few more than me because of your work at Bleacher Report, but um, I'm a little surprised that people aren't taking an interest in who's there. You know what? It, I, it goes back to my point that a lot of people, a lot of Raider fans just aren't as excited about the draft as we may think. Simply yeah. one, because... Josh McDaniels is the one steering the ship. <laughs> they're not they're not happy with Josh McDaniels. A lot of people still sore about Derek Carr. So they're like, eh, I don't really, you know. And and the other thing is the history of the Raiders drafts haven't been good. So it's right. like, why expect something better and different this time around when we've had the rug pulled from under us with poor first rounders, guys getting cut or waived after one year, guys getting in trouble. I'm just gonna sit back and just watch the draft without any real enthusiasm and just see what happens. Wait and see attitude. And we said it a couple mm-hmm. shows ago, right? That, hey, if I'm the Raider fan, I get it. Manage your expectations. I'm going to have really low expectations and not get real excited. So if they surprise me, that'll be great, right? It's like, hey, I came down. I was expecting uh, socks and underwear for Christmas, <laughs> and under the tree was a bike and a PlayStation, right? So so I, I think that, that that's where they're at. It'll be really interesting to do that. Um, let's get to some of these questions, my friend. Uh, we had one that was uh, sent on Twitter to you. Mm-hmm. From Annie, are you okay? Of course, a reference to the great Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. song "Smooth Criminal." Yes, which also a band called Alien Ant Farm covered yes. and did a great job of as well. There mm-hmm. we go. See, we're dropping music knowledge on a mo. 
Um, who is the most Raiders Raider in the draft? So, so in essence, who's the guy that would encapsulate the Raider persona the best? Who's a pirate? Who's nasty? Who's somebody maybe nobody else wants? I, I'll start, right? Because we talked about him earlier in the show. Not necessarily because he's nasty and he's, you know, he's the pirate, but Jalen Carter, like Al Davis was the king of second chances, right? I went to UNLV where our basketball's Jerry Tarkanian was the king of second chances. So I relate to it. But to me, I think that Jalen Carter could be in that first round, especially the most Raiders Raider because he got in a little bit of trouble he, you know, is a little overweight and people are saying he's got a bad character. And it's like, yeah, so did John Matuzak. And so did Lyle Alzado. I know that was years ago, uh, but that's my pick just off the top of my head. I'm going to, I'm going to go with two known prospects. Okay. And, and one, I'll go one offense, one defense. Okay. If Al Davis was alive today, and Raiders fans are going to be with me on this one. If Al Davis was alive today and he was making the draft picks. Don't say it. Who would he draft? Don't say it. Or even move up for and draft. Don't say it. And you know it. And you know it's true. Anthony Don't. Richardson. Oh. Anthony Richardson would be the most Raider, Raider prospect in this draft if Al Davis <laughs> were living. Because you know Al Davis would oh look at his gosh. testing numbers. Yeah. Al Davis would look at his body Warm. size, his body type, his, his yeah. stature, and go, that guy is a physical specimen. We need more of those guys on our football team. Yeah. We're drafting Anthony Richardson. Even if we have to coax the Texans into giving up the number two overall pick, we're getting Anthony Richardson. Believe me, Anthony Richardson will be on the Raiders' radar, and everyone oh. would know it if Al Davis was alive today. On the oh. defensive side of the ball, wow. I, I'm going to go with a guy that I've been talking about every day for the past two weeks in Devin Witherspoon, simply because yes. he's more of the tough guy. Guys, fans say we need a dog in the secondary. That's Devin Witherspoon. That's the type of guy, again, that's going to be physical. He play the game with some instincts and smarts, but he's also a physical guy that can get in the backfield. And I think a lot of people were talking to me about the Lions trading Jeff Okuda and they mm-hmm. go with a cornerback. And he also, Devin Weatherspoon, fits with Dan Campbell once. If you remember Dan Campbell's oh, yeah. introductory press conference when he talks about biting kneecaps and being <laughs> all this other crazy stuff, that's Devin Weatherspoon. He's the tough guy. He's going to stick his nose in there. He's going to be the one in the scrumble in the, in the, in the scrum to get physical with guys and, and also make plays on the backfield. So, again, physical nature, tough guy, will support the run, but also a very smart, instinctive football player who can get some interceptions on the back end. Well-rounded player. You know, I, I started saying no when you when you started this off with Anthony Richardson because it's Cause true. You know, you know it. It's true. You know it. Although I, you know, people, oh, Jamarcus Russell. That's what Al did with Jamarcus. Listen, Anthony Richardson is much more talented. Oh, raw, raw ability wise. Come on. I, I don't like the Jamarcus Russell Anthony Richardson comparisons because a lot of the things that went on with Jamarcus Russell was. Was he really committed, his work ethic? When you just listen to Anthony Richardson speak, you could tell they don't have closely the same mindset when they both came out of college. Completely No, I I do think they will both end up not playing quarterback a lot in the NFL, but that's just me. I've been clear on that record. Yeah. Um, but but Anthony Richardson, a good young man who I think is, to your point, much more focused, in turn would be much more coachable and has a better opportunity to to – 
to do something in the NFL and to to realize more of his full potential. But come on, you, you're telling me a franchise that had Bo Jackson, one of the most, <laughs> you know, yeah. physically impressive athletes of, of all time. You, you, you're telling me Al Davis wouldn't say, that's our Anthony Richardson? That's our yeah. guy. That's it's hard to guy. argue. It's hard to argue against he, you. He's my our guy. And and I and I just I just know it now. Would, would have worked out, you know, who knows? But <laughs> definitely Anthony Richardson would be number one on the Raiders draft for Alvin. Yes. There you go. Annie, are you okay on Twitter? <laughs> great one. That was great discussion. Uh, and and we appreciate you sending that in. By the way, if you want to send in mail, you can send an email to mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. You can see if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, our, our handles on Twitter, Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. Also the show, you can send it there, which some of you do too as well. It's SNB Today. You can send us your questions there. We'll save it for the next show and we'll do it there. We're going to go to email now for our second question, Mo. And it comes to us from our good friend, Kurt in Arizona. I believe he's in Phoenix. He says, I just want to ego boost for a second since I sent this DM in January before I realized email was easier. <laughs> he says, with Akuda rumors coming out, I was curious of your thoughts of how realistic it would be for the Raiders to go for him. I also don't really trust any rumor accounts, but something to talk about that isn't straight up draft. P.S. P.S. Mo, warm potato salad take is actually solid. Hashtag let Mo cook. <laughs> let Mo cook. Thank let you. Let Mo cook. What, what was, was that it. gentleman's name? In, in, that is Kurt. Kurt, Kurt with a K in Arizona. Thank you, Kurt with a K. Kurt with yes. a K. You deserve, I don't know what is it you deserve, but you deserve good things happening in your life. Because one of the few people that will come out publicly and say warm potato salad isn't as bad as people think it is. Actually puts it in an email so we can talk about it, it live on our show. But, but isn't warm potato salad really just like potatoes or gratin? Isn't it the same thing, kind of? If you listen, <laughs> and I say I'm going to say this again, and I, and people have heard me say this before. Yeah, warm potato salad is the cousin of mashed potatoes. Makes sense. And I, or, and I get or it. like a gratin. What I'm just saying. It's just mashed potatoes with an extra twang to it. Like I don't, I don't get why people don't want to cross the bridge between warm mashed potatoes and yeah. warm potato salad. I actually, I had warm potato salad for my birthday. It was nice. Excellent, by the way, there you go. But shout out to Kurt on that one. But uh, <laughs> almost yes. forgot about the question. But the Jeff Okuda um, inquiry here. Yes. Now, of course, Jeff Okuda went to well, he was traded from the Detroit Lions to the Atlanta Falcons. I think it was a great pickup for the value. Yeah. The Falcons only gave up a fifth-round pick for a guy who was picked third overall in his draft class. Now, I know Jeff Okuda struggled with injuries, struggled on the field in his first two years, but he's coming off his best year. I believe he allowed one touchdown. Um, the Detroit Lions defense was atrocious last year, but he was a he was a bright spot. And I think the Falcons are, are banking on, okay, we're going to take a chance on a former top three pick to improve our, our secondary, which was also weak. Now, they need a guy that, that's opposite of AJ Terrell for the long term. We have Casey Hayward, who Raider fans are familiar with, because Casey Hayward <clears throat> took a year at the Raiders. Sorry, but mm -hmm. they they're they're going with Akuda and hopefully AJ Terrell for the long term future. And I think it was a good pickup. Now, if I was the Raiders, I would have probably tossed in a fifth for that because the Raiders, I believe, have three fifth round picks. Why not toss one pick for Jeff Akuda? I would have done that. Maybe Patrick Graham just has his eyes on the draft. As I've said before, with twelve picks. 
you're just thinking, okay, let's just get to the draft and get our guys, the guys that are on our draft board. Yeah, and and the Okuda question I wanted to get to because he did send it to us a long time ago, and the trade happened. But but it was interesting because yeah, I, before the trade, my point of view on it was to your point about performance. He just hasn't performed as everybody thought he would, and so to me, it's like okay, you could take a flyer on him and see. And and yeah, obviously the trade Atlanta I think got good value there, and and they'll give him a shot. So uh, we appreciate that. But most of all, the question was fantastic for Mo because it had to do with more tapes out. So there you go. Kurt needs Kurt needs to be heard more. Guys and gals out there like Kurt who like warm potato salad, <laughs> give, give those people a platform so they can speak. Hear them speak. Yes. Uh, we get on to our last question of the show as we get ready to wrap up here. It's from Gary Harkin Reader, our guy who sends Hi, in Gary. a lot of questions. Yes, Gary, thanks for doing that. Um, and we're going to get to the bottom of his question because, as always, Gary's awesome. He likes to he likes to send us long messages. But I'm going to get to the draft portion because we're working up to the draft. On the draft, what have the Raiders preached? Value and versatility. O-lineman must be able to play guard and center. Linebacker must be able to play fast. D-line must be able to get off blocks. They need to pick up one more quarterback. Actually, at this point, I'm more interested in undrafted free agents. Who are the Raiders going to sign to push draftees and veterans? I would be interested in you and Mo's thoughts on undrafted free agents. How do you think this plays off? Thanks for putting up with me, Gary. Gary, we love putting up with you. And I know I didn't read your whole email. I got to the questions at the end, but we read all of them and we appreciate you more than you know. You're awesome. And thank you for writing in. Well, I'm gonna do some homework on this one. Again, I'm yes. not gonna I'm not gonna be the guy to get up here and try to, you know, no. sell you something that I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you, I have not looked into guys who may go undrafted and could yeah. make the roster and push simply because the Raiders have again 12 picks and they have four in the top hundred, four between rounds four and five, and then they have four between rounds six and seven. Right. So I think there's a possibility that those round six and seven guys that people often overlook could potentially make the roster, especially if they have a lot of collegiate experience. Now, I know this is a bit of a tangent, but I said this on my Bleacher Report live show on Monday that a lot of people overlook six and seven round picks. But to me, sure. the valuable six and seven round picks are the guys who have a lot of playing experience. So I take Brock Purdy as a prime example, who's, a, I believe, a four year starter, three, four year starter at Iowa State. And people are shocked. Oh, how was he able to come in? Last pick in the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. He's able to handle coming in and playing under short notice. Because I think it's because part of it, he had a lot of collegiate playing experience. Right. Guys like Thayer Mumper, who the Raiders drafted last year, a lot of people dismissed him as a practice squad guy. Wound up playing some significant snaps early in the season before Jimmy Illuminar took over. He yeah. had a lot of collegiate playing experience. So I think areas are going to follow that same mold where they look for guys in the sixth and seventh round who played a lot of football on the college level. I'm not saying they won't dig into the undrafted pool of players because there's always some undrafted guys, guys, yeah, guys who got hurt, guys who may have gotten trouble off the field who don't get drafted. We'll see who those guys are closer to the draft. But uh, to 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 Gary's email, I think there will be maybe three or four guys that sneak onto the roster because if you look at last year darian butler who i was on from day one seems like uh yeah. luke masterson showed up at the end of the season those right. both those guys undrafted so there's always room for guys like that especially when you're uh overhauling your defense chase garbers oh gosh chase garbers. <laughs> you know every time yeah. i mention the quarterback position i don't mention chase garbers there's always I someone see. that says what about chase garbers and i'm just yeah 
That'll that'll be a quick camp cut. Um, (laughs) We'll see how that goes. But I think, Mo, what we'll do, why don't we, I'm telling you what, Gary, why don't we on Tuesday's show, Mo, we will come back with our top three uh, projected undrafted free agents. Mm Because we talked about it all, like we talked about the defensive backs. It's a very deep draft at cornerback. Some of those guys might fall out of the draft at the bottom end of it. Uh, because because of of how deep it is, so we'll we'll come back with three guys each one of us on Tuesday's show to talk about that. So there you go. Thank you for Gary, producing. Gary's giving us homework, but we appreciate he, it. He's given us a segment. I love it. So there you go. All right, that is the end of the show. There we are. We're up against time. I appreciate it as always, Mo, uh, coming on. I know you have a Bleacher Report live coming up on Monday, right? Yeah, this week. If you haven't been following i have a raiders draft show on bleach report on the app i have one show we just specifically for the raiders so you know if you're not interested in hearing about the titans or the cardinals or whoever (laughs) it's specifically a raiders draft show i I had one on the third the first monday of the month i have one on my birthday this week on monday i have another one coming up um this coming monday and then i have one on the following tuesday so draft week the show moves to tuesday at 6 p.m Ah. Nice. So just to just to give it a little bit of time, because as you know, during draft week, a bunch of rumors flying around about what teams might do. So I'll have to probably breaking down some fact and fiction or some BS meter rumor. Like, is this rumor BS or is it real or is it something to it? There's a lot of fun stuff going on. So just to give you the heads up on what's going on at Bleacher Report and the Raiders. Yes, and we'll have obviously content on draft week, and then I will be with the national audio, uh, Brian Baldinger, and I forgot who the co-host is. Uh, sorry to you. I will figure that out for the next show, but I'll be on with them live after the Raiders' first-round draft pick uh, as well on draft night. So we'll, we'll put that out there, and then, of course, we'll do our pre- and post-draft shows, and we'll get you that schedule. Go ahead, Mo. You had something to say. Uh, I guess I got an announcement. I didn't even tell Scott this, so I'm just going to spring it on you all at once here. Matt Holder, who is a nice. feature report scout, will be on the show Monday. We actually, I actually kind of reached out to Matt, and he said he'll be on the show. Matt's a busy guy because he's he's uh, all again, he's, He is scouting a bunch of prospects. So the Gary Harkin reader, I'm sure Matt will have some undrafted guys that he likes. Um, maybe we can ask him about that too. But he'll be on the show. Uh, actually tuesday 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 and yeah. and we'll have and it's gonna be great to have him not just because he's with the bleacher report team along with me <laughs> and some other people but because he does great work and i've known matt for quite a while like me and me and matt holder go way back and raider fans very familiar with matt obviously right. Silver Black his, his raider fandom mm-hmm. as well right so uh that's that's the week we're gonna have next week on tuesday we're gonna have matt holder and on thursday we have brian baldinger so baldy's coming back as well for that show so we'll make sure you make sure that you listen in it's going to be a big big week followed by the next week which is draft week so the next two weeks here silver and black today uh, mo and i won't be sleeping but we will have some great content so uh, make sure that you do not miss it all right my friend as always a pleasure i will talk to you again on tuesday yeah, I got to dig into some undrafted free agents now because Gary. Me too. It's a Gary Harkin reader. <laughs> Me too. I got to find some obscure <laughs> player from some D3 school. I got to find somebody. All right. all right. Thank you all for being with us again. We are an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard and a special shout out to my peeps in Las Vegas, including my son, Ryan, who's in college there, um, who are listening to us on The Bet in Las Vegas. Thanks for being with us. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. 
Follow us on Twitter, SNB Today, and you can follow us on Facebook, all the other places you follow, uh, radio shows, podcasts, anything you're interested in with Raider Nation as it's concerned. Uh, we appreciate that. A special thanks out to our producer, David Stepanian. And for my co-host, Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. This has been Silver and Black Today. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Take care now.